0: How to help your business survive a recession. Next up on the Two Business Guys Mastermind. Enjoy. This business podcast, The Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. Hey, Rob, you know, it, it, we are in a recession per all of the, the smart people out there. Um, <laughs> you know, we've got- Definitely people, got
1: the inflation for it.
0: Yeah, Elon Musk saying, you know, let's lay off 10% of people. You got JP Morgan's, Demian, Dimon. I think it's Demian or Demian, Uh Jamie, Jamie Dimon. Didn't. Jamie Dimon. Yeah. yeah. Jamie Dimon saying that, uh, hey, you know, brace ourselves because a hurricane is about to rock the economy. Yet at the same time, inflation is down. Mm-hmm. Jobs are up over three hundred ninety thousand mm-hmm. jobs last last month.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I am we are at that kind of crossroads as to where where's things where are things going and 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 i don't know who to follow but Mm -hmm. i still think what can the two business guys mastermind on that can i think give these businesses that are about to feel the effects Mm
2: -hmm.
0: of this this hurricane if you will
2: Mm -hmm.
0: what can we do to help them whether the storm or hurricane that's
2: coming
1: mm-hmm. right now that's, that's that's a really good question and i think that one of the things that i've heard um that always stuck with me about business is you want to figure out how to recession and depression proof your business right a lot of people look at the great Dece- the great depression the great recession and they see all the doom and gloom stories but most of the doom and gloom stories were from people who worked for other people or for people who owned a job. And this is one of the things you and I talk about all the time. Do you want to own a job or do you want to own a business? And if you actually look at during the Great Depression, lots of businesses that, you know, became great businesses were formed or had formed just before the Great Depression. And then it it, it was like rocket fuel. Same thing with the Great Recession. I've been doing a lot of business interviews with, with business owners. And you'd be amazed at how many of the business owners who came through COVID well had started their business during the 2008 great recession um and so there's there's something to be said about you know not looking at this as a, as a fearful thing right it's that kind of idea of what whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger right mm-hmm. um Nassim Tlaib has that book that we both like called anti-fragile right and talking about yes, the idea of being anti- of anti-fragility that not only do you you know not die but you get stronger when when, when negative things happen and so to that point, I think there's two things that I would I would say to to, to business owners. Number one, understand right when I was when I teach jujitsu, we always tell people this: if anybody is ever giving you advice about fighting, and they're talking about a fighting style where you don't get hit you need to go the other way, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're in a fight, you're going to get hit. The question is, can you mitigate the damage? Can you make sure that you're not getting hit in such a way that it ends the fight? Survivability is the number one rule. And then you look at thriving. And I would say the same thing here. Survivability is the number one rule. Is your business poised so that no matter what's happening, you have the ability to um, to leverage multiple streams of income so that if one stream shuts down, the others can make the business able to survive. Is your business set up in such a way that you don't have to um, feel like all your eggs are in one basket, right? Um, uh, unless you can go and, you know, make some more eggs, right? as Kobe Bryant would say. So that's the first thing, it, survivability. What? How survivable is your business? And then number two, when we talk about, you know, looking at, who to believe Mm -hmm. i'm always a big fan of believing the people who have already been there and done that there's 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 a disincentive for politicians and for the for you know all the stuff that right the government is always two to three years behind whatever's happening like so, so looking at forecasts from the government, like even we looked at the jobs numbers, it seems like jobs are up. But what most people don't realize is that those jobs numbers get recast three months later on a Friday when they say, "Oh, we, we were a little bit wrong. It wasn't 394; it was 270,000." Right? But that's on—they they put it on a Friday. They bury the lead, and it and nobody ever finds out about it. And I was watching Patrick Beddavid David the other day, and he they were they were having a conversation about this, and they were saying <clears throat> there was a guy on there. He was an economist, I believe. And he was saying how he had studied the last, you know, 10 recessions or whatever. And what he had seen in each of the recessions was that that what happens is a recession lasts about 18 months. Right. From kind of the moment that people recognize that there's a recession to the moment that we're out. of If you go back to 2008, same thing. If you go back, if you look at covid, same thing. If you if you go back before that to the bubble bust of 2001. Same thing if you go back to 1987, same thing, right? The, the 94 recession, all those different things, you, you go and you look at them. He was like, it's about 18 months. However, it's about two to three years from when it starts, because the issue is the politicians and everybody is saying, no, 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 no. we're not in it for for the first year. Then everybody recognizes it. And then 18 months later, you're out. So it's really about a three-year period where you start seeing the signs and then before you come out the other side. Now, the beauty of it for business owners is if you can start paying attention to these signs now, right? Warren Buffett says when the tide goes out, you can tell who's been swimming, swimming naked, right? And that's the time when if you're prepared, you can actually make you know, buy stuff, pennies on the dollar. You can get, you can buy businesses. You can buy all types of things. Look at your competitors. Look at the people that are out there that seem like they're making it, seem like they're doing it. You can go buy those businesses because during those recession times, during those periods of times, what happens is people get tired of trying to keep their business surviving because they didn't make sure that they had, uh, you know, survivability built into the model. And so now they're burnt out and business owners who are burnt out will get rid of a business quick.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 and, and the other things that go along with that, right? And the marketing, mm-hmm. right? I, I was literally talking to somebody the other day and um, she's in the DEI space, right? So um, one of the things that you know, she's new to the organization and out of respect for their organization and, and her, I, I'm not gonna say her name or anything, but um, mm-hmm. so she's in the space and I says, you know, I says, get ready for the work you're about to do. I says because you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna have to constantly justify the quantitative side of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I says and you're gonna need more, uh, you know, more um, in your uh, cap other than oh it's the right thing to
2: do mm-hmm. right now now
0: now to that point. I says we can talk more about it. We were talking over email. I says we can talk more about it because she was asking me, you know could you help me with you know a framework of. Uh, you know, strategy and all this kind of stuff. I says, yeah, constantly be aware of or constantly be bringing in the justification and ROI of what you do. Mm-hmm. Now, she, I, I'm sure she's, you know, because she's kind of an HR person and all that. And she's probably going, well, you know, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm saying because you got the bean counters that are going to be constantly looking to get rid of things that don't drive revenue. Right. I says yeah. now that's that's key. I said one of the one of the areas. I says now, and you're also gonna have the the microaggressions that come along with people saying, Hey, I don't I don't see the value of this
2: one. <laughs>
0: right now, I use just some of the things that happen within certain spaces. Right now, I'm just looking at this thing, that's the 30000 foot view, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: said so you've gotta constantly, you know, find the means by which to say, and let me tell you how this action drives this revenue.
2: Yes, yes. That's one of the key things.
0: Now, now that's just in one area, mm-hmm. as I started saying, here's a means, here's a way to mitigate what could be coming. Because I'm looking at these same signs, right? Okay, mm-hmm. So now that's one conversation. Another conversation, I got a guy who um, is kind of a stock picker, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, his, his, uh, he's got um, a little bit of a YouTube channel and, and all this stuff, right? And I mm-hmm. said to him, I says, you know, people laughed at me when I stayed mostly in cash,
2: mm-hmm. right?
0: Cause he's just now buying, his deal was, he says, I'm buying bonds for the first time ever, <laughs> right? Now think about that for a minute. This guy is a stock guy, He, you know, believes in the equity. Yeah, he's and all on the equity
1: stuff, side, yep. right?
0: Now he, he's not a big believer in the NFT space and all that kind of stuff. And I says now people in the NFT space and the coin space and on on chain space, laugh at me because I I like to keep money in cash.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: However, and I, I pointed this out. I says, okay. Um, so when the stock market went to heck in a handbasket, right? I'm in cash. Mm-hmm. I says when COVID hit,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm in cash.
2: Mm-hmm. Right,
0: and and then I says now. And this is something he had pointed out. He says, you know, bonds are about the bonds that he was getting ready to buy. We're going to be paying at a nice clip, mm-hmm. right? In the cash mm-hmm. and cash equivalent. That's my point. Exactly. Right. right. I, and I says, yeah, income 9%, Yeah, nine percent in a market where stuff is going to hell in a handbasket is good. It's I great. said. So imagine if you hit the lotto, or if you had, um, you know, sold a business and now mm-hmm. you're in cash or mm-hmm. cash equivalents. Right. I said. So I I weathered the. Man, I can't believe you're not in NFTs. You're not using your money for this and you're not leveraged this way. And there's a lot of blood in the streets right now.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? With
0: what? Again, are there circumstances? Yeah. The war, all these different factors. Right? But here it is.
1: Yeah, and the big thing about that is like a lot of people don't realize, and this is the this is the biggest key, and you know, for our, for our entrepreneurs out there and our entrepreneurs, those of you all who have your own business, those of you all who are doing work inside somebody else's business, there's a really important thing, and we've talked about this before, um, and Robert Kiyosaki has a book that I highly recommend to everybody that's out there doing business so that you can understand, as, as Randy said earlier, the 30,000 foot view. Owning a business at the end of the day is one of the things that you want to own because it's an asset and an asset generates income. But here's the key. That's not the, the final level. It's kind of like when Stephen Covey said, you know, everybody in America is trying to become independent. Like we got this fixation with independence. And he's like, that's not the final level of adulthood, All right, Like getting independent is the the middle stage? It's like yes, you can do this stuff on your own. You can take care of yourself. Now go get, be become a really mature grown up and become interdependent. Same thing with with financing and same thing with business. Running a business or owning a business is not the pinnacle. It's not the it's not the, the top of the mountain. It's like base camp three when you're trying to you know climb Everest. The pinnacle of the mountain is becoming an investor, where your time is now decoupled. From, from money. You have enough money that your time is now whatever you want to spend it on because you got money that's working for you to make more money because money has an infinite ability to make money. It works 24-7, 365.
0: Man, good, good interesting segue into, have you heard of Tiger 21?
1: Mm, I haven't.
0: Tiger 21 is, in essence, uh, um, as I'm reading here, you know, the premier peer membership organization for high net worth people, mm. right? So Michael Sonnefeld, Michael Sonnefeld. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, he, yeah, yeah, that guy, he started it. I saw him on a podcast the other day and you know, one of the guys that uh, was interviewing Michael was asking him, you know, basically what are, what are the folks at Tiger 21 do? You know mm. what I mean? You know, He says, well, they they try not to go to zero basically he said they try to have cash and this guy had just recently sold his business as well and he says basically hey look i sold my business the guy that was interviewing michael and uh and i'm sure michael might have been trying to get some deal flow right so why why do i as a rich guy come on this podcast well he wants to get more people that Mm -hmm. have just recently sold their business into tiger 21 i mean you got to pay a whole bunch of money and then they have, um, so basically it's-, it's
1: basically it's, a mastermind. For it's
0: his. a mastermind, but it's mm-hmm. for high, high net worth people, exactly. right? You've got all these different things that they help you. Anyway, so the guy is in there and he's talking about it, man. And, you know, he's like, you know, well, I just put my money over it at Vanguard, mm-hmm. right? And, and, you know, I took some stock and I put my money over it. He says, one of the main things is not to go to zero.
2: Mm-hmm. And he
0: says, even to your point, Rob, even in your business, mm-hmm. Right. Why it's not the pinnacle? He said, because if you think about it, um, your business could go to zero.
1: That's said, the whole so thing. You survivability got some, you got some, is number yeah, one. You got some
0: retail spaces. Eh, it could go to zero. So the question was, uh, I think that he was kind of starting off his particular podcast on was, you know, should should you sell or should you just stay in this thing, right? A, Continue it, to yeah. run your business. And this is a question that I kind of have right now as you know, I'm doing some different things, you know, I'm kind of coming out of Mm -hmm. the investor-ish mode. And I'm like, I'm literally thinking about putting my hands in some things again
2: Mm -hmm. and
0: running some things because I'm seeing A, the value of it. And I'm kind of going, you know, it's kind I've gotten kind of lazy. Mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. doing that right? right and it's it's been a tough transition <clears throat> man. yeah i, I, I was okay.
1: just listening to a to a to a interview you might have seen this one alex Hormozy and grant cardone were talking yep i saw that one and one of the things that alex or no, or the grant card what no yeah one of the things that grant cardone said there was it was one of the quotable moments he said rich people sell things wealthy people, people never, never do anything.
0: I've quoted him on that. <laughs> right. I've used that. Right. I've used that and somebody is asking me, hey, do you wanna sell a piece of prop this property? I was like, rich people sell things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And now having sold a whole bunch of properties and now looking back on it, wishing I hadn't.
1: Exactly. Right? right. And,
0: and this is what this guy says. He says, he says when he was talking to Michael Sonnefeld, he says, I sold the business now I regret having sold the business. So now, and he's a young dude, right? He's mm-hmm. like, you know, 33. And he says, now I'm spending something else up.
1: Yep. And, and that's, that's one of the things that people do. I know in the interview, they talked a lot about like a, <laughs> Grant Cardone was talking about, he's like, he knows a guy that he sold and bought back his same business three times, right? Yeah, yeah Because, yeah. right. Yeah. It's like, you sell it to somebody, and, when mess it you up. Like, and then they mess it up and then you come get it for pennies on a dollar and then you right. build it back up and then you sell it again. and Right. But at the end of the day, the, the, the key about, and, and this is the, the this goes back to, right. You, you ever had, and, and for, for, for the listeners out there, you all might've had this as well, right. There's the, 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 the classic conundrum, would you rather like a million dollars right now or a penny, that doubles every day. And we've t- we talked about this before. Right. And the big interesting thing about it, most people don't understand the the, the, the tremendous difference between the two. You can add a million dollars right now, and you got a million dollars. Like you get to, you can do whatever you want to do with it, all the rest that type of stuff. But if you have a penny that doubles every day for 30 days, at the end of 30 days, you got $5.4 million. But that's not the important thing. One more day, now you have $10 million. <laughs> One more day, now you got twenty million dollars, and that's the thing that so many people don't see. It's 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 a long game. When you look at dynastic wealth, when you look at legacy wealth, the reason why it why they're able to get there is because that the reason why so many people on the Forbes one hundred or Forbes four hundred you know richest people in the world list are dynasty wealth people is because they have on their side the fact that their money has been working twenty four seven for years. See, Nobody that's building stuff right now can 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 amass that type of wealth without putting stuff together. Because, like, even when you look at the way that they calculate, you know, Jeff, uh, uh, what's the what? Bezos? Bezos, yeah. Jeff Bezos and 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 Elon Musk and and those pipe types of people's wealth. Here's the interesting thing: their wealth is based on the relative value of the companies that they have stock in, right? Jeff Bezos is wealthy because Amazon is a big asset. Something happens to Amazon, Jeff Bezos is no longer as wealthy. He's not the the richest person in the world because Amazon is just churning. And so the valuation, and a lot of times what happens is they'll they'll value the company at a certain level above earnings. Mm -hmm. Right? just getting into the weeds for y'all just a little bit so there's a 5x to sometimes a 40x multiplier of what a company actually earns on its bottom line EBITDA and that's where people's worth comes from and so if you okay. own a bunch of that it's in your that network there you go right earnings before interest depreciation taxes and um, amortization so it's a basic worth, for pro, you know it approximates profit.
0: Top line dollars, y'all.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Top line, top line profits or, you know, before net profit stuff before, gets taken out. Right. Right. Not necessarily before stuff gets taken out, but just net profit, net profit before you pay taxes and a whole bunch of other stuff. So at the end Stop of the stuff day, stuff taken out. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, uh, the thing that you want to pay attention to is, for example, the Walmart family, the money that they have because it's diversified, because it's not just Walmart stock, right? The Sam Walton yes. built $160 billion. And then when they when they split it up, they diversified it. They have a family office. It's in a whole bunch of other stuff. Stuff that Ray Dalio talks a lot about, right? Their money is growing and they're doing stuff and it's doing stuff and it's continuing to grow because it's in a whole bunch of different things. So it's in the economy, right. it's in it's in everything else. The reason I say that, and, and you know, we went down that tangent is so that everybody listening out there, you understand it. Time is the most important element. That's why number one, the first thing that I told you all about, the first thing that we we discussed when we started is you have to make sure that your business is survivable because here's the reality. If you're still alive, you can still win.
0: What a very good personal story, right? I say that and I say personal story because I, I was thinking, I was talking to somebody that is having some mental health issues now guys we're talking about it today we're just going and i says if you stay above ground you have a shot Mm -hmm. that's it so that's all i want to say It's if you stay above ground Mm -hmm. you have a shot you have a chance to create and recreate your life exactly right so if your business stays above ground it has a chance now i like what you said rob you said something about what Kobe Bryant had mentioned. He says, mm-hmm. make more eggs. Now that's what I do. <laughs> I, I like helping people in their businesses, entrepreneurs monetize their life because that's a basically make more egg moment. I'm mm. gonna show you all these different strategies. Businesses, maximize your business,
2: mm-hmm. right? I'm gonna
0: show you all of these different strategies. And then it's it's something that as we're thinking about spinning out some stuff that we do into and then creating the business that goes finds the customer I, I, I want you to tell me tell me what you think about what peter drucker says the role of a business or do you remember that that statement mm-hmm. that he made right
1: yeah the role of a business <laughs> is to create customers
0: <laughs> create and keep customers now that 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 statement used to confound me mm. and it used to confound me because it seemed counterintuitive it seemed counterintuitive because, listen, as I think people typically say, well, no, you go find people that need stuff,
2: mm-hmm. you go
0: solve problems. And he's kind of saying, well, you know, the, the purpose of a business is to do that for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So now as as Rob and I are creating some things that go out there and do intentional kind of work right you know hey we're the two business guys we're masterminding we're masterminding we have been masterminding on different problems and stuff like that so we're, we're kind of going in a different direction now we've been kind of dropping seeds and let you guys know that this is coming right it is the monetization of the what we're doing in a bigger way in a more intentional way with time and uh goals Right. So we've been doing some of the things that we talked to you about, Rob. And you remember we we've been saying, okay, so who is our target market?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So let's take that and what Peter Drucker talks about. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're deciding, hey, we're going to spin this business up.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And it says the role of a business is to find a customer. Yes. Create a customer. Now we're saying, hey, we've got some stuff that we do. We've got some talents. We've got some skills. And then we've got some attitudes and some unique angles that Mm -hmm. we would like to deploy Mm -hmm. but we're deploying these things for you to help you get better in your business now this is not the sell part so y'all settle down (laughs) but it's to say that and it's the work that rob and i do because you know we're gonna be busy i'm gonna be on the boat and i'm gonna be doing some things (laughs) anyway so we got to get it in right here so listen in as we are uh Thinking up, dreaming up, and positioning what we're going to be doing to listen in, take these lessons, take them apart, and then, you know, employ them for your own business. So, mm-hmm. Rob, one of the things that that Rob loves to do is to interrogate, because he's a lawyer, you, you know, he used <laughs> to be a lawyer, and he loves to interrogate things. So, he asked me some specific questions, like, hey, listen, who, who are we going for?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: In other words, who's going to be our target market,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Now, there's a, a couple of ways we can go about this. Now, I says, listen, let's go out and leverage the podcast to find Peter Drucker to mm-hmm. find businesses. In other words, create our own deal flow, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. right?
0: And now, but because we have a timestamp on a validation period, right? So here's mm-hmm. a validation period. Can we earn $100,000 with this idea in 90 days? Mm-hmm. That's a validation. So now we got to go fast,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? We got to play the tourists in the hair business process, right? <laughs> so, I, you know, Rob, as I look at this man and I think about, okay, who's our target market? You know, where are they? What do they make? What gender, what national, all these different things, right? These typical kind of things that we would ask.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm
0: going to say we got to skip past some of that and Mm -hmm. get into, well, let's go find who already may have our customer.
2: Mm -hmm. And let's Mm -hmm. see if
0: we can tantalize them Mm -hmm. into hanging out with us. Yeah. So that's some of the work that we're going to be doing, everybody. Then we get into Rob, as I started, you know, answering some of those questions on paper. Who What's the psychographics
2: of mm-hmm. who we're
0: going after, right? What do they do? Mm-hmm. What do they fear? <clears throat>
2: yeah.
0: And now we're starting to see, you know what? Maybe they fear going to zero. Mm-hmm. So that may be a business of a certain size. Now, what we've, what we've been able to do, everyone, is we've de- we're going to be deploying different ways by which to get people into the customer journey.
1: Right. And, and just, a, just a, a quick note on this kind of journey and the, the, the questions. A lot of the things that, 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 that we're struggling with, and, and mind you, between Randy and myself, we spun up a number of different businesses, right? But every time you start a new venture, you start something, one of the things you have to look at is what is the thing that you're going to do that you know brings value? Because, right, how do you create customers? You bring value you, to the marketplace, right? Exactly. What's your USP? And so at the end of the day, what, we had to, what we're had what we having to do and what we're having a discussion about, so you can kind of see the behind the scenes of it, is here are all of the things that we know that we can do for, for businesses, right? We've worked with multi-billion dollar businesses all the way down to beginning entrepreneurs with ideas that are just in the ideation stage. And there's a lot of different problems that we solve throughout that space. And we're really trying to pinpoint, you know, because, right, the time hack and the, the, the monetary hack is, is something that's pushing us right? It's not how do you make $100,000 in a year? We've done that. That's easy. <laughs> it's how do you make $100,000 in 90 days? That's a whole different ball game, And so it's forcing a different mode of thinking. And so as you're hearing us kind of walk, work through this, this is for all of you all who have your idea and you're trying to get to $100,000 in a year, you're trying to get to $100,000 period, right? This is the same type of work that you have to do. You have to figure out who is it that you're trying to get. And in something that Randy just dropped, I don't know if y'all caught it. How can you skip past having to go and individually reach them who already has your customer that you can partner with or that you can get in front of their audience so that now their customer becomes your customer? If you've ever been to movies and seen a trailer, guess what? That's that in action.
0: That's and and look, Rob, I was talking with doing some I was coaching a young woman the other day. Right. And so here is her thing you know, she works in a whole different space, but then she's, she's got the side business. So one of the things I said is, well, what do you want your side business to do for you? And that's mm-hmm. a typical question. Hey, I wanna know, let's let's build out the dream. And then, you know, this is some Michael Gerber stuff, right? So mm-hmm. build out the dream. And then I says, we're gonna reverse engineer. it. We're gonna work backwards. First, we just mm-hmm. gotta get in front of us the numbers. So she says, well, you know, uh, I'm a nurse. I make good money now. Uh, you know, but you know, of course, nursing is, is, is a rough and tough and tumble mm-hmm. business. Right. And she says, yeah. but I have this other talent. time
1: for money. <laughs> so
0: I says, okay. She says, so if I could earn a hundred thousand dollars a year, I would be happy if, mm-hmm. if my business, I says, okay, so let's just break that down into some relative terms. Right. I says, that's really just $274 a day. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what the math comes out to be about 200. Now that's 365 days a year here is where the magic happens in, in the you know i'm gonna bring back in the kobe bryant make more eggs approach and, mm-hmm. and what i do that creating digital real estate and online properties so i literally walked her from what she does now not in the uh, nursing space but in in the in the business space and i gave her five
2: eggs i
0: says now here are the eggs now it's not a meal yet They're just mm-hmm. Eggs. Mm-hmm. Crack them and turn them into the meal is the work.
2: Uh-huh. But she
0: hadn't had the eggs yet. She yep. couldn't see it, right? Because she's like, Well, I, I gotta do a lot understand? We we have to create it in a way that to your other point earlier, how can this earn me every day? Right? How can this be? Yeah. Do you want a penny a day or do you want it all up front?
2: Right. Uh-huh.
0: Here is the penny a day now. What I'm struggling with now, you heard all that guy, you know, and and it sounds like, okay, you know, this is, you know, it sounds reasonable. It sounds, but where does the work come in? Rob, here's what I'm finding is even in the face of seeing that as plain as it is, what's missing is some people don't want to do that work. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Now we can come in and do the work for you, but it's going to cost
1: you.
0: You want to pay us to do it. Now we're willing to take your money. Right, because this is guess what? It's what we love to do. Uh It's what we have a skill set in, and this is the the proposition. So for everybody out there that is saying, "I I I need to understand the I need to find the eggs," we'll show you the eggs, Uh right? Because we, you know, like Rob says, we can come in and show you hundreds of thousands of dollars almost immediately Uh because we're gonna do some math and we're gonna go, oh. Let's do this, let's do that. Oh yeah. And then we've got to deal with the resistance. And this is where I kind of have the question. How much should we be in the business? Not us, but in general, should people be going back into their businesses? I'm struggling with this, Rob, because so many people have just abdicated, man. Yeah. They've abdicated and they're out. And now they've gotten like, I've felt myself
2: a little bit Mm. lazy
0: on some things, Mm. right? Now when you got to get back in because you know you can win with your own hands, Mm -hmm. Can you do it? Should they
1: do it? And so you you know that I'm always on the side of. If you are a business owner, you want to get as quickly as possible away from all of the stuff in your business that you don't like to do, not so that you and Alex. I was just watching another video with Alex. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not advocating. Here's the deal. And Alex Hormozi said it the best. It's not that you replace the time that you were spending doing this or it's not that you just stopped doing the stuff that you so, didn't want to do. So a lot of people and will go and will, their butts off. Exactly. So a lot of people will go and they'll hire somebody to do bookkeeping and accounting and 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 admin work and all the rest of that. And then they'll take time off. Right. They'll just step back from the business. But that's not what you really want to be doing. What you want to be doing is you're buying back your time at a more reasonable rate, right? So if you get like I have an assistant, my assistant can do stuff that takes me two or three hours to do. She can do it in an hour because she's just dedicated to that. Whereas I've got, you know, 15 things that I got to think about going on. So sure, yeah. I buy back the three hours that I get from her and I get to pay it less because I'm paying because she she's making less money than I would be making in general. But she's also doing it in a, in a faster time. But here's the key, I don't just go and sit and chill in that three hours that I just got back. I spend that three hours working with Randy, working with some of my other clients, working with some other people, ginning up more money, doing the things that I'm really good at with that three hours. And so to your point, Randy. That's it right there. Yeah.
0: Let's not let that go by. Ginning up different money. Now, Mm -hmm. I asked Rob earlier today, I says, hey man, you got all these darn meetings on the docket, right? I says, how many of them, and this is the kind of challenge that you'll have to put to yourself. And Mm -hmm. as you listen to us put it to each other, right? Um, How many of those those meetings and the things that you're doing are income generating activities? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I want to tell you something that happened just recently, Rob. A a guy calls me up, and okay, I'm going to tell you guys, you got to hear this. Hold on, I got to get my phone. So here's what happened, Rob. Guy calls me up, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he says, you know, kind of one of those, you meet somebody and then they kind of dig your rap and then they want to talk
2: more. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and they're talkers. <laughs> I'm not going to say who it is, but they're talkers, right? If he, if he's listening to this, you know who you're
2: talking
0: to. <laughs> I'm a talker. But sometimes, so anyway, so what he he just kind of says, you know, this is how I started Howdy. Now now you know who you are when you hear Howdy. <laughs> you know who you are, so this is for you. So anyway, he says I was looking to follow up um, looking for a follow-up chat from last week. Now, I'm all for this. now get, follow me here, y'all. I'm all for that, but I like I said to him, I says, listen time. This is my statement to him, but I warn you, I have a mo- mandate to find ways to monetize meetings. I says, now we can get on Zoom and create content, a small ebook or download a report from our convo. I said, this makes sure I constantly create usable, leverageable, and monetizable material. I says, if this tracks with you, let's set something up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: now listen to what we talk about what rob says i should be doing things that that gens thing in other words generates mm-hmm. instead of over there in the books
1: doing mm-hmm. exactly.
0: the books now you should right. be reviewing the books <clears throat> yeah to see where there's some gaps and, right. and making some calls to some people and saying you're not pulling your weight blah 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 right but should you be doing things that you can Give to
1: others, Man. And, and to that point, Randy, I think it's important that people realize, like, you know, I've written a book on time management, on uh, on mastering your time and your energy, and all the rest of that. But still, you like, even I struggle with, and and have to reassess my systems and do all the rest of that. Randy and I were just talking about this offline, right? This period of time, the last three months, has been the most stressful three months as far as a time maximization time period that I've had probably in the last six years. Now, during this period of time, to Randy's point, was I doing a lot of stuff that was generating cash? Yes, but here's here's the interesting thing. You can be at the point where you're generating cash, but you're not generating cash at the rate that it's worth the amount of time that you're having to put into it. And so one of the things that I had to realize is that with one of my clients that I have, I had to actually dial back the amount of work that I'm doing with that client, because the, the 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 situation that that client is in and what we're doing is requiring too much time. Whereas I am literally making ten times as much with my time with other clients than I am with this client. But there was a previous relationship, and it's a it's it's, it's something well, that's I understand. important to me, I understand right? It's so those are that you just Right, but but, because, but not for yeah. but but not for not not for you but for the for, for the viewers. I had to look at it and see. I can't. This is unsustainable. I can't keep doing this. Right. I have to buy back my time. I had to do the same thing with my company. One of the things and to, to Randy's point, he's like, well, what about these meetings and these things? And I'm like, you're exactly right now. But there's a certain period of time that you're working on your business. All of my meetings that I have on um, next Monday are all work on the business meetings and they're once a month type meetings. Right. So it's one day a month that I take out and we work on the business. But those meetings that, that doesn't exist any any other time throughout the month. And I've actually reduced the amount of time that I'm working in my business right to less than 15 hours a week where I'm doing anything that is administrative, that is, you know, kind of planning, that is strategic, all the rest of that. All the rest of the time that I work in my business has to be profit generating activity. It has to be meeting with somebody. It has to be doing an interview. It has to be creating generating new customers and the reason i point that out for you all that are out there is that you have to constantly be asking yourself am i doing this right you think that you get to this point and then it's just magical and everything is good and you're and you're done that's not how it works right i have a six figure business when i had a what i had a four figure business i had to figure out how to do this and then when i got to a five figure business i had to figure out how to do this now that i got a six figure business and on the way to seven figures we, we you have to continue to figure out how to do this alex hormozy was just talking about this the other day it's like even when he was he was he had 10 figure businesses and he had to take a step back and say what am i putting my time into what what's appropriate what's not because he was getting burnt out right and you got to be aware of that as you're going forward what are you using your time for and it's not a there's no magic bullet there's no right answer there's constant reflection constant introspection and constantly looking at are you aligned with your purpose, with your bigger goals. And if you're not, you have to have the courage to step into or to to pivot, as they say on the Pivot podcast, right? You have to have the courage to pivot and move into a different direction so that you can actually get the longer term goal that you want.
0: And that pivot moment, it is, I think, an area that we can go into all kinds of stuff because I I just kind of look at personally in my life, I've made pivots Mm
2: -hmm. right
0: when I was, you know, just investing, working in the manufacturing space and going to college on their dime, working Mm -hmm. 50 hours in the the manufacturing space. We're talking working, (laughs) right? And then going to school at night and on the weekends. I look at that now and go, man, there's no, it, it was, one of the more interesting times because stuff was get, just getting done.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: some, and sometimes I look back at that and I go, I miss it. And then I wonder how I did it.
2: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm.
0: I, did, I think there was that point where you kind of go, well, I'm older, energy levels are different. Priorities mainly are different, right? And, but I know if I return to just a fraction of that kind of focus and that kind of approach, more success would come.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: again, are you willing to put your hands back in it?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I
0: tell you, I, every time I look at a project, and I remember the times when I would, you know, take a house and I would, you know, go over there and, you know, I'd do, and I'm going to flip the house or I'm going to keep the house and right and and do the Warren Buffett thing, right? Just keep it forever. Mm-hmm. But anyway. And I think about a project and I go, man, I really love doing this stuff with my hands, getting out there, knocking down a wall, you know, uh, and, and putting one back up. And then I go, yeah, but I'm smarter now. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Exactly. It makes no, so you, you have this, I think, love, hate relationship with, should I get back in it? Mm Mm-hmm or should i stay on the periphery and just hire people now
1: right. that's the psychology of nostalgia bro and so for those of you all that are out there go the and look up what nostalgia, nostalgia actually actually is and actually does and it's that that's the whole thing of back in my day right anytime you hear somebody saying that right we in our minds have a habit and you can go there's plenty of youtube videos on this go look up nostalgia and, and why it's problematic because what we have a habit of doing is we have a habit of romanticizing the past especially the further and further we get away from it and it's important for you to is, be able to say we
0: can't do those things anymore Remind it's not know.
1: even so much that you can't do them it's just that you're not remembering them that way that they actually were you're remembering them in a way that is comfortable and and, and mm-hmm. fun and all the rest of that because there were emotions that were tied to that and what you're really remembering are the emotions mm-hmm. the dominant emotions you're not remembering the times you was pissed off and, and you was ready to strangle somebody and it and it, you and just seemed, it was
0: hard and you were
1: exactly you, know, you, you didn't know whether you was going to yes. make it etc right yes. our mind kind of compartmentalizes the memory and it attaches the dominant emotion. Mm-hmm of that memory to it that's that's and, and nostalgia right and, and Brene Brown talks about this as a number of, of, of researchers that talk about nostalgia and its power to to kind of reshape history right and so so the reason why you want to be aware of it is there are things to take from that period that you're like yes I liked being in the middle of starting something new and all the rest of that mm-hmm. and you can apply those same principles to being in the middle of starting something new here mm-hmm. but It's very important that you also take the lessons that you've learned from that time and you realize, go back and think about how much money you made on that job for all that time. Are you willing to only make that much money on the next job that you
0: do? Good point. Because you hadn't made it before, so you didn't. It's almost as if you didn't know what you didn't know. And and you hear this with like founders. I'll give you an example. I was talking with somebody recently, I had an idea. And he's he's older than me. uh, And he was like, he was just tearing it up and I'm thinking, dude, where's your energy for the idea itself and what it could be. <laughs> Whereas he, but he's got so much experience. He could say, yeah, you're gonna have a regulatory problem here. He said, yeah, you can't do this with that because it's, it's got alcohol in it, blah, blah, blah. And he says, and and then, so I'm thinking, man, this guy is a downer, <laughs> right? But then when we were younger, we would just go, I don't know what I don't know. So I'm going in. So you, exactly. you can appreciate that naivete,
1: Exactly. Right? And, and, it, it, and it, it, it sends you far because you don't know that there's something this, this the buzzsaw down that pathway. Right now, here's the thing. And I think okay. this is the problem that older people and more experienced business owners and, and even we have to to really work through. And, and you and I in our in our individual sessions, this is one of the things that that, that, that we work through a lot is just because i see a potential problem doesn't mean that it's an an insurmountable obstacle as a matter of fact and this is one of my is that my a way Jiu- of saying
0: rob it doesn't mean that you have to solve
1: it <laughs> number one but number two okay. it's not even so much that you don't have to solve it right because i love and randy says this all the time he's like who can we get to do this and i love that quote because it, it literally reframes the thinking when you see problems right but Henry gracie says it this way he's like when you see a seemingly insurmountable problem, and you know that you're good at solving problems, you don't look at it and say, oh my God, how can I? You look at it and you say, hmm, how interesting, right? It's actually intriguing to solve those types of problems because you know, on the other side of those types of problems is a greater reward. On the other side of those types of problems, that's the big thing. You've got to pick the problems that have amazing rewards, amazing upside on them, and go and figure those out. But don't run into it with the naivete of we can do anything no you can't you can do a whole bunch of stuff and you do whatever you put your mind to if you have enough time but the key i think to take away from this entire conversation you know kind of looking at should we do the stuff that we used to do you have to look at does it get me what i want and it's very important for every entrepreneur that's out there listening to ask yourself the question what do i want right there's certain things there's certain businesses that I know I could spin up right now if I wanted to spend 100 hours a, a week spinning them up. I know that there's, so on n- on there's the not like a money this. level that somebody could pay me where I'd be willing to spend 100, 100 hours a week to spin it up right now. Because so I have two children that are 15 and 11, and I'm not going to give up 100 hours a week so that I've only got 60 hours 68 hours to spend with them and sleep.
0: And, I and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm and I on the end, everybody, listen to what we're saying here. This is so key. And I love time. I will take chips off the table for time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And I, I'll give you an example, and you guys, don't judge me. <laughs> the other day, right, I had been, you know, all week, last couple of weeks, I've been teaching, uh, facilitating entrepreneurship for high school students. And so that means eight o'clock in the morning at school. Now that's eight o'clock after school, got to be there. And I'm in my mind saying, what the hell is going on? This makes no sense. First of all, my heart went out to teachers and I appreciated them even more all in the same because it's difficult. Kids in, in the classroom sleep. (laughs) you know uh, seemingly uninterested Mm -hmm. and and then you're you're of course all fired up because you understand how this information could be transformative and they and some of the kids may have had to look like but here's what i remember i had to look back on when i was in high school
2: Mm -hmm. right
0: and i had to think to myself i heard it even though i wasn't paying attention
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's
0: what this was the hope that i you know derived from this It, it was very difficult for me rob (laughs) it was very difficult i i I get you i I understand simply because the when you look out there into the audience right and you see Mm -hmm. you know 10 kids that just like look dude you know what you're the boringest thing since you know whatever whatever and you kind of think (laughs) well i'm excited right or and or I'm never going to use this information, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I had to turn it, keep continually yep. turning it. All of those hurdles wait, that you got Was that exhausting?
1: Oh, yeah, I, I, trust old me, I, injuries, I spent six years in the exhausting. classroom. I, I completely understand what you're saying. Now, add to that, and, and I'm so glad, and, and, and first of all, thank you for, for I agree with you, uh-huh. teachers are amazing. Um, and, 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 and to all my fellow teachers, teachers out there, you're hats off. Now, the interesting thing about it, and, and so you think it's bad at 8 o'clock, try 7th period. <laughs>
0: Okay, so <laughs> here's the thing between and, them so and going I'm, home. <laughs> I'm, asking the, I'm asking the kids, I says, why do we? Why are we here at eight o'clock in the morning? Listen, kids are t- tired. And I'm thinking to myself, I says, I asked them, I says, if you were to pick a time as an optimal time to come to school, when would it be?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Majority of them, 11 o'clock.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I says, what would be the benefit to that? And then they just write, oh, we'd be wet, rested. You know, we'd be blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, why don't we do that?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right now, I, I, I don't want to get in trouble with, with saying that kind of stuff, right? It's like, look, hey, guy, get out of here. This is hey. education. We do it this
1: way. You, and, but I started thinking about most the most people don't even know why we do it that way. It's, it's, uh, what, well, anyway, so we can go on that But my right.
0: point is, is that, and as you take that subset and start putting it over into the business that you're now cons- running, right? And getting back to Rob's as we wrap up getting back to Rob's original, uh, um, um, proposition is that during a downturn mm-hmm. and the ideal of doing things a specific way, we have to say to ourselves, do we have to get it done in that specific way? Can we pivot in a way that doesn't abdicate right that We're just not going, I give up. Mm-hmm. Can we you know, I think remobilize our time. Now, this is what we help business, why we're able to go into and look in a business and, and why we're really kind of like, you know what, we got to spin something up, man, that'll do just that. And then let's let's give as much as, away as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Right. Now that becomes we were talking about our unique selling proposition. So it's like, who are we and why do we believe we can offer this thing? -hmm. Right. I'm reading a book now, man, that's just just so good. Oh my gosh. I love a book that just jumps right into it and don't give you fluff and just says, (laughs) we're gonna help you work. Here it is, right here. I think you, you know, start at the uh, end. Start at the end, you know, by this guy right here, man. Oh my gosh. And then and then I get my my Daniel Burris guy who had uh he's this is called the Mm, the anticipatory just came in. Mm -hmm. Mm, smell that (laughs) i mean oh my gosh you guys just don't know man how i love 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 books Mm -hmm. anyway let me see if i can get this in here yeah so this guy daniel burst he's a he's kind of a
2: futurist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: so um his 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 last book man just blew my what is it Oh, here it is. This one right here, man. I was reading it the other day, but some of the information is kind of old because it's already come to pass. It's called Uh Flash Foresight. Uh Right? And how to see the invisible and do the impossible. He was talking about stuff, man. Now, this book right here is so filled with notes. I I used to, you know, take baths and I'd read in there. He wrote this in 2011. Mm-hmm. And so much of the stuff has come to pass because he's a futurist that I had to see. I was hoping that he, he had written another one. Mm-hmm. And this is the anticipatory organization. Same concept, right? Hey, we got to anticipate. We got to get out there and start thinking. But you got to have time to do that. Mm-hmm.
2: That's
0: where Rob and I come in. We'll help you get the time because we we're going to come in and go, oh, oh my gosh, you can unlock dollars right here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And then, oh, we can make more eggs right here. And then if you say, I don't have the energy for that, then we're going to go, okay, pay us and we will show you how to spin it up
2: mm-hmm. so that you're not
0: going, oh, I got to go do work again.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: That's the part I believe is where there's a gap. That's where the creating yep. of the business is. Yep. Right. And we're going to be, we're going to attempt to fill that space. The. It's, I think it's between the DIY and the D-F-Y, right? done for you. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where it's at. We're going to come in and go, okay, DIYers, watch out. We'll help you. I know you like to do it yourself, but you really should be thinking at higher level stuff. Like mm-hmm. And then for the people that have said, you know, I don't know if I got the energy or the drive or the whatever mm-hmm. to do it myself. Then we're going to be able to fill that part of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's That's how we want to help you. Yeah, you know, if you want us to come in and you hear you hear this uh, podcast and you or you see it somewhere and you say I, th- those are the guys I need, then just DM us, right? I was answering um, stuff on our YouTube channel just the other day. I was just answering, you know, it was some stuff that I had forgot, you know, and you know, got busy so <laughs> right? So I'm going in answering like two month old, you know, stuff, just answering stuff, right? <laughs> but here's the thing: we're gonna leave you some information. We're gonna leave you a link. All right, I'm going to literally go out and I'm going to create the landing page or get it created. And we're going to leave you a link that if you want us to come in and work with you you know, right now, work with you in whatever level, we'll come in and kind of do our little thing and show you where there's money and then ask you if you want us to go get it for you. But you're going to have to pay us a lot to do that. Or if you want to do it yourself, that's fine. That's fine. But we're going to show you. This is the, what we're spinning up now. We've got we work fast because we're validating, can we help people in knowing what we know, knowing that we that the economy is about to crater,
2: mm-hmm. or
0: so they say. It's kind of like a, an example I, I just read, um, where a guy says, all of, the, all of the forecast, all the weather people said, hey, it's gonna rain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You look outside and you go, I don't see no rain. <laughs> What do you do then, right? So you got so many people say, I don't see the economy creating," And then you've got all these weather people going, yeah, we're going to be laying off. Elon uh-huh. Musk, 10% of the company laying off. Uh, uh-huh. uh, Diamond saying, we got to lay off. We got to do this. We got to mitigate. Uh-huh. And you look outside and go, huh, I don't see it. Uh-huh. Right? The, the 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 facts don't suggest it uh recessionary pressures are down, uh, not re- recessionary, but um uh, inflationary pressures are down. People are going back to work. I don't see it. It looks sunny out. Mm-hmm. Well, we're saying, hmm, let's prepare you just in case.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're gonna come over, give you the raincoat. We're gonna come over give you an umbrella so that you stay dry. I'm sorry for using metaphors like that, but that's what we're gonna do for you. And then also, if it does not rain, you are super in good position versus everybody else. That's what we wanna do for you. So y'all do what you want, right? Click the button, get with us or not. We're gonna do what we do and gonna go help some companies. We don't wanna help your competition. We want you to stand in <laughs> But that's what we're doing. We're spinning this up, everyone. You'll be seeing more information about it. Uh, very intentional. We're going to do it in a 90-day window so that we can really go fast on this stuff. What, we'll be reporting out some things too, right? Our successes and failures. Like I talked about last week,
2: hey, mm-hmm.
0: I was going to do this on my own, I was gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna do this in 30 days, but I forgot I had these other things on the, on my plate. There was mm-hmm. no way. <laughs> that was a set yourself up for failure moment. Mm-hmm.
2: Dude,
0: you've gotta go teach high school kids and then teach your adults later on in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You don't got that kind of energy no more. Or <laughs> you don't even wanna apply that kind of energy. That's one of the mm-hmm. considerations everybody. Right, If I was 22, hey, I don't know what I don't know. I, I just happen to work 15, 16, 18 <laughs> hour days. Mm-hmm. right? like Alex Hermosi talked about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He says they would get up in the morning, and his wife she's 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 dope too, right? He said they would get up in the morning and just work all day
2: mm-hmm.
0: and go to bed. He said, maybe go out to dinner, have some dinner, right, at, out,
2: mm-hmm. and then go
0: to bed. He says, what's that? 15, 16 hour days. Like it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. And you see your boy, Elon, he's calling people back to the office saying, you get in here and you do a minimum of 40 hours or you're out. Mm -hmm. I think it says (laughs) GFTO. Right now, are you coming back? Are you willing to come back to a company? Are you willing to spin up some things? Are you willing to do these? That's the question. Mm. Are you willing to do it? Rob, that's all I got, man.
1: Hey, I think it's,
2: it's, it's a wrap. It's a good one. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week.